0: Hey everyone, and welcome to episode two hundred and eleven of Final Fantasy Union. I am your host, Daryl, and I'm here with an energetic Lauren.
1: I say as I say, just yawn.
0: <laughs> what a fantastic introduction to the show.
1: I'm sorry. Hi everyone. Well, you caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting to be energetic.
0: You weren't expected to speak I on know, a podcast. I know. I know.
1: Never expect the Spanish Inquisition.
0: So. um, Yeah, it's been a busy week. We're actually recording this uh, a little bit later than we normally would. So it's quite late at night. We're going to power through, though, because actually it's been a really cool uh, week, essentially, for the Final Fantasy VII Remake. They released a ton of information, but it wasn't that that really caught our attention that Mm. much, even though there was some cool stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, They talked about the mechanics. They released a load of new artwork, which caused some controversy. Yeah, Um, They... um, they talked about the leveling system, the the weapons and stuff in a bit more detail. But actually today, uh, we figured that it would be more interesting to talk through the other thing they revealed or the other thing they released, which was a big blog post on the official website with loads of comments from key creators who are working on the game.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. And I, I really enjoyed like all the things that they had to say.
0: Yeah. And that's actually what we're going to be diving through today because there were so many... Really cool little pieces of information they threw on there. And I think, you know, they only had like five or six paragraphs each. Mm. But we've never heard from some of these people. And and the stuff they said was also quite unique in comparison to, to what we've been hearing before. Um, so, so yeah, we're going to be diving through that. But So, yeah, we're going to be diving through that. But before we do, it's time to do our shout outs for our Patreon executive producers. And we're going to kick things off with Nahi Klablawi. Guide Seeker. Chris Morales. Michael Graham. Barry Norton at nortron Zero.
1: Theron Bullen at Massacre 23.
0: Tori Patrick.
1: Fayaz Bilal.
0: Louis James.
1: Zach Duranto.
0: Rachel Casserton at Urban Young Ray.
1: Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels.
0: Darren Matthews at Doomster 73.
1: Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J.
0: Alex and Rachel Troudman at Akira Namjian.
1: Billy Jackson at Underscore Billy Jackson.
0: Miles Ribbons.
1: David Calro.
0: Chris Pope at Doctor Pop 181
1: Janik Naud at Janik Naud. Freya Stella flip
0: tom hughes at tom underscore hughes 22
1: and yam potato who is
0: a new patreon supporter welcome
1: i like yams and potatoes
0: it's a good combination
1: i like yam potatoes yeah um but yeah thank you guys
0: so yeah um our main topic today is running through those developed comments and i think okay. the best place to start of course is kataze the big dog yes who is the producer and i think the funny thing about his um snippet of of information was that he started off by talking about something that i experienced firsthand because Mm. he he mentioned that um like in 2010 2011 he was running or and 2009 as well he was running around all over the world promoting final fantasy 13 and its subsequent franchise Mm -hmm. and actually i don't think i ever asked him the question I was usually asking him about Versus 13 instead. Yeah. I was the only guy who ever was. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was just like, who cares about the remake? We won uh, Versus 13.
0: But apparently, a lot of people asked him all the time about the 7 remake. Like, when are we going to get it? And he he said that it got to a point where he almost knew that that was going to be the last question they asked. It's like their throwaway Hail Mary. Oh, I wonder if he's going to say something. Yeah. And he just rehearsed this pre planned answer that he'd he basically say, um, yeah, like, it's not the right time. When the right time arrives, you'll know about it. And uh, it's just this kind of funny funny thing because, yeah, I, I spoke to him a couple of times during that during that era, and, um, yeah, you could see that he was kind of getting worn down by people asking all these questions that he just wasn't really interested in talking about.
1: But I just don't get where journalists get off asking those kind of questions. Like, okay, one of the biggest games ever that like could be remade like i'm gonna tell you random journalist about about it i'm gonna announce it to you like are you serious like really well
0: the thing is that i i felt that with a versus 13 i had a a right to ask him like what's going on with it that we haven't heard anything it's an announced game yeah production's gone silent but with the seven remake it wasn't even an official thing they never said they were actually keen on doing okay i step back they did actually announce they were remaking 7 8 and 9 and they canned them Mm -hmm. but outside of that failed project they had never said that the tech demo was going to lead to anything else and if anything the tech demo led to them redoing 13 not Mm -hmm. creating the 7 remake yeah so yeah like he probably initially kind of entertained the question to be like no we've not really thought about it yeah but obviously as things got more and more and i guess the whole thing is that it's probably not the same journalist asking the question again year on year on year. No. It's probably just the fact that there's hundreds of different publications and they all want that byline. Because even if he says, oh, we're not doing it, it's not the right time, that's still a story they can write up oh, and say, oh, did said uh... this about the 7 Remake.
1: But that makes me feel so cringe. It's just, It's just a lazy question.
0: It's the whole, like, why they've ended up developing the whole fan demand response Mm. because they just constantly get asked about all these things that Mm. oh when are you going to do this can you do that expansion can you do this game when when's this going to come out and they're like well it's not in our plans right now but you know if there is enough demand i guess we'll look into it
1: yeah yeah i guess to a degree it does sort of make the buzz happen but like even still i just yeah and i i just i don't i don't see where people think like oh my god i'm totally gonna get an answer to this question
0: i'd honestly feel guilty if i did yeah it's why i never i would never ask anything like that i'd always ask something a bit more interesting about it like i would never say like oh when's when are you making the seven remake when's it coming out
1: yeah 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 it's just a cheeky question just, anyways yeah um <laughs> so
0: the other thing he talked about was the the nice balance so we obviously know the story about Namura being uh assigned as the director and not really knowing about it um but uh, toriyama has now been revealed as being one of the co-directors who's more in charge of i guess the the scenes uh, we'll get into it in a little bit yeah um and uh, Najima is is back in 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 charge of the story and the scenario writing, which is which is obviously really positive based on what we know in the past. But we haven't really seen what he's like now mm. outside of the City NT, which wasn't that great. Yeah. So I'm slightly apprehensive in that regard. But it will be interesting to see because obviously Seven was his baby, uh, along with Namura and Kitase and Toriyama as well. So many of the key story figures are are, are kind of back and. I think the the thing that Katase wanted to really stress was that it was his kind of um gumption that got this project going. Mm. Um but they knew that they're all old creators. Mm. They needed some injection from from other places and they've they've kind of got that. They've got the new the nice blend between old and new. And um I think yeah, he says like he's the one because this was kind of his original game and he's the one that pushed through doing this remake. He's the one that's just really excited to see how it actually turns out, probably more than anyone else, mm. because it's it's his creation. I guess it's like when we went to the concerts and we saw Uematsu sitting in the audience yeah. during the rehearsals for some of uh, the Symphonic Fantasies, just seeing, what look at what people have done with the stuff that I made like 20 years ago. Yeah. This is n- not anything I would have ever imagined.
1: I can't imagine what it... It must just feel so surreal to have those kind of situations. I mean, it's
0: basically, I've never really thought about that parallel before because we've talked about Uematsu mm. and how much joy he had from from seeing those arrangements and interpretations of his original product. Mm. It's pretty much what Kitazi must be feeling with this. Like he's in the producer role. Sure, he's he's directing things uh, like in terms of production, um, but hes, he's it's got to be a very soft touch. And he's seeing what everyone else is essentially doing with the game that he poured his heart and soul into all these years ago. Mm. And he must just be filled with so much excitement about what it, how it's going to turn out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anything other than the polygonal yeah. <laughs> the polygonal figures. Oh, my goodness.
0: I mean, he may also have a big feeling of dread. Yeah. But, but he probably wouldn't declare that to the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, no, Um yeah, it must be really, really interesting, um, and also in part to sort of right the wrongs. Because I imagine with these big creators, there's always things that they feel a bit like uncomfortable about with their work. Like, you know, nothing ever is produced and is is a hundred percent to the vision of the director. There's always something that goes wrong. Of course. And so like- I almost do wonder, like, how he's how he's dealing with like that aspect of it
0: i mean we already know that especially with the movies like sensibilities change over time Mm. movies that were okay 20 or 30 years ago just aren't okay and like you know you've you've even seen it recently that the amount of articles now coming out talking about all the things that friends did wrong in terms of like the the political correctness and all Mm. these different things that just weren't a thing back then Mm. and if they were going to remake it they would of course change a lot of those elements to make them more okay in today's culture
1: yeah absolutely but yeah i mean it's 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 always nice to hear from Katase.
0: he's a nice guy mm. and that brings us on to Namura, who <laughs> is of course the director, and um I think his comments were probably more interesting than anyone else's, just on the basis that he just revealed a load of stuff, like he said that he was actually planning to work on uh the Final Fantasy VII remake as the final game in the compilation, which is. Kind of confirmation of why I've talked about on the podcast for years that mm. it always felt like there was going to be a final entry. Like they did A, B, C, D, it always felt like there was <laughs> going to be an E.
1: You and your little alphabet.
0: It well, they called it that. I it was know the, the alphabet um, compilation, and um, yeah, he he says that he'd always planned for the fifth entry to be a remake of Final Fantasy VII, but. As is the case with Nomura, loads of other projects came up. He got too busy and um, he just couldn't focus on it. And obviously Katazi gave him the opportunity to to do that. So he resurfaced a lot of the ideas that he was having for his original idea of the remake um, and was able to pour a lot of them into this, which is which is, I think, pretty cool, especially mm. because we know that with the compilation, he had a lot of those ideas when he was making seven originally, like yeah. the stuff around Zach Fair's story. They couldn't put in the main game, but they, uh, Kim and Najima N- N- had these ideas that they were ina- then able to apply to crisis core. And, um, you know, I think it's really interesting that, that he was thinking about it all those years ago. And, yeah, and obviously it's not taking shape quite how he probably envisioned because yeah. that's just not the way things go. But I think it's still really cool uh, that he's able to that he was that he was already thinking about doing the remake uh, long before like all the, the the everything started building up and and all that stuff
1: to a degree and like aside from investors just thinking about this now like the the creators of Final Fantasy VII like they're not getting any younger like they're getting up there in age and like not saying that they're old but just that like. There will come a point where they won't be they won't be mentally able to handle the workload that they are probably undertaking right now, um, with the Final Fantasy VII remake. So you just sort of think like, n- there, it's just as much the investors, but it's also just as much the ticking clock of like, could I realistically hold this off in ten years?
0: And that's I think what they said that the the core group of. Um... Namura, kataze and Najima, and i i think i feel like there was one more person i don't think it was toriyama though mm. they're all like around the 50 mark in yeah. terms of age which and furthermore
1: it, is not old no, it's no. not old but to be under those con- stressful conditions yeah it's
0: more the fact that they've been doing this for like 30 plus years yeah and it's not like Namura's ever taken his foot off the gas, yeah, and, and he's
1: if anything, he's more busy now than he even yeah, was and, back then,
0: and I think he did an interview not too long ago, actually, where he was talking about that that he is a lot older now, and he he can't work in the same ways that he used to be able to, but people just expect him to still be the Namura of, of ten fifteen years ago, yeah, and he's not like yeah. he he's almost fifty, like he doesn't have the same energy as he once had it he has to try and recover it's no different from like sports athletes that they typically will start declining once they hit 30 years old. And it's not that they can't deliver the same results anymore. It's that their body just can't handle the, the constant exertion. And it's the same with these guys as well. Like, you know, they've been on it for 30 years straight. Mm. Like, you know, some of these guys will have joined in the early nineties and it's not like it's a walk in the park industry. Like they would have been long nights. I mean, Tabata was constantly saying he only had three hours sleep a day. Yeah. Or a night. You know, it's 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 high pressure.
1: It really is.
0: And yeah, so for them this is a lot of their last chance. And I think Katazi had come out recently and said that he would love to do he would love for there to be an eight remake, but he just can't be involved with it anymore.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. He just can't. Yeah, which is like a bit sad that like if there were to be like an eight remake or any of those kind of games remade the original creators might be too, uh, it might be too hard for the original creators to make that after the Final Fantasy VII remake, which we don't even know how long this is going to take to make. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, on that sad note. <laughs> <laughs> I um, guess the, the, yeah. the, the
0: interesting thing that he also said was that he'd, he'd done, he referenced the fact that in the past he had done interviews saying that there would be um, no new characters They could put in characters from the compilation, but there wouldn't be any original characters. And he's now kind of gone back on that and saying that because Midgar is so large, they had no real choice but to start putting in new characters to help Mm. make Midgar feel much more alive and rich. They may not have huge parts, but there will still be fresh faces that we haven't seen before. And he also related this to bosses, like the bosses. They're going to have some of the same bosses in from the original game but a lot of them are going to be new. And mm-hmm. he feels like that's the thing that's going to get people excited about the story because it's going to be the same, but it's going to be different.
1: Mm. I guess that's the thing. Like in the original game, there was so many characters that were like, they just said things, but they didn't actually have names and stuff. And it's like, yeah, if you're going to make this, if you're going to make this game feel lived in, if you're going to make the world feel lived in, you can't just have like five characters and like sort of, call it a day in a really big area like you you can't just have that they have to be breathing and yeah
0: on that though, i'm gonna i'm gonna skip around here a little bit because mm-hmm. um i wanted to reference something specifically so toriyama um he he's been revealed as a co-director alongside hamaguchi um namura typically does have one co-director he doesn't normally have two i don't think but no. i think it's it's good that he's been able to kind of share the load um and Toriyama is overseeing the kind of design of the scenario with Najima and mm-hmm. uh, Namura, and I think one of the things he talked about with regards to that building out is uh the the ancillary characters so someone like Johnny in the original mm-hmm. game who we know had a relationship with Tifa there's kind of like a hidden scene in Costa del Sol where they have like this this kind of like quiet get-together moment where cloud like has no idea what's going on and it's supposed to make cloud feel really uncomfortable because they've got all these stories that they can share with each other that cloud just wasn't part of due to Mm -hmm. their life in midgar and um toriyama was saying that he's really excited to build out characters like johnny and the shinra the shinra middle manager and and i guess characters like uh mayor domino and deputy mayor hutt um, that these characters are, are gonna have a lot more personality and they're gonna have more of an involvement in this game than they would have done in in the original game
1: yeah absolutely i wonder what this means for characters though like um like the chocobo sage and stuff who look a bit ridiculous like they look a bit weird
0: the good thing is they've still got a few years left to uh try and solve that problem
1: yeah but still yeah you know what i mean like it's just you know they just won't they won't pass now they just won't
0: yeah, I mean, and like
1: Buchenhagen as well.
0: The other, the other fun thing that Toriyama said was that he he mentioned that he was the one responsible for the War Market and the mm. Honey Bee Inn, and um,
1: that nasty Toriyama.
0: He is, uh, he's an interesting guy. Nasty. He's an interesting guy. It's Does why he? when that that April Fools' joke came out about him making a lightning dating sim, it yeah. was kind of believable.
1: <laughs> it
0: was, it was kind of belie- believable, and yeah, he's basically said that with the Honey Bee Inn this time. They couldn't really do what they wanted to in the original game. So now they're going to be making it much more realized Mm. as a pantheon of entertainment is his uh, choice of words.
1: What on earth does that mean? I feel like he pulled out a thesaurus and was just kind of like, that word works. Pantheon.
0: but yeah going back uh to Najima, obviously he was the person who was responsible not for for coming up with the script but mm. as we've talked about before he was the guy who was responsible for taking everyone's ideas and melding them all together and making something really coherent mm. uh, writing all the lines of dialogue um, incorporating all the different backstory elements and everything obviously he did still have input into it too Mm-hmm. um to make sure that everything was consistent uh and coming up with new things but um he was kind of like the
1: the the, the overlord <laughs> yeah. essentially
0: of the, of the story
1: yeah the only thing that i'm really 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 concerned about with regards to the remake is translation because like final fantasy 7 and other games as well are like really notorious final fantasy games um specifically i mean are really notorious for having like bad translations, um, and things that are really misconstrued. Um, so I am kind of, I, I just really hope that they got it down as far as like the English translation. I know I hate to be like, you know, um, uh, what, what you call it, uh, self important or anything, but the thing is, is that like. English is my main language, so I really care about English, and, like, to think that there's story that I missed just because I got an English translation and things were confused because of that, like, I just... Oh, it really makes me upset. I was,
0: I was going to say I really hope they follow Final Fantasy XV's lead. But then I was just like, wait, they completely screwed up Arden's backstory across the Japanese, English, mm. German, Spanish versions. And
1: also I got really annoyed with the script of Final Fantasy fifteen because it's that thing where people think that when you write fantasy, you have to write like freaking Shakespeare. Yeah. And you don't like you don't have to have thee and thus and blah 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 like i'm all whimsical important no just speak like a person like speak like an actual person and i think they did
0: that okay in, in parts of that game like someone mm. like prompto was quite down to earth and he he managed to have a grounded feel but yeah like the amount of inconsistencies that exist between the japanese and english version that just can't happen with yeah. the seven remake.
1: Yeah, and it's it's not like it's it's something that's gone away because obviously Final Fantasy fifteen had the problems, but we also had the problems with Type Zero as well. The fact that like they kept <laughs> telling him um, uh, what was his uh, nine, they kept telling him to say like yo, and they couldn't decipher that. Like that is just not something that we say in English. Like we don't talk, we don't speak that way so
0: yeah I remember Orion as well saying that like he tried to like push back and say like are you really sure that my character needs to be saying like yo at the end of every sentence because we don't speak that way in this country
1: I know and again it is a bit of like the whole um you know I don't want to I don't want to be a nonconformist. I don't want to be like rejecting your source material or whatever but like it is it is a bit of a problem when there is the inconsistencies, and there's just these really silly lines. I mean, Advent Children is just like the epitome of it. Dilly Dally, Shilly Shally. You couldn't think of anything else to say. You thought of Dilly Dally, Shilly Shally. Nobody says that. Nobody except for Tifa.
0: In the world. In the world. Well, at least it was something unique. It's quite its own open dictionary definition. Oh, but it's so
1: cringe. It's so cringe.
0: Bringing things back to Najima, though yeah um on that note i think it's actually very very good that you've brought that up because he one of the base one of the things that he has mentioned as a huge concern for him working on this project is interpretation Mm. so he was talking about how within the original game um they actually couldn't do a lot to talk about the feelings of characters like they they had very limited scope for emotions, especially like Final Fantasy 7 was probably the first time where they, they could really do certain things. Like 6, they had sprites. They could animate the sprites, but only like in certain ways. It was still quite limited. 7, they could do a little bit more, but it was still very limited. It's only like, but, but compared to what they have now, the, the amount of things they have access to. And he was talking about how like that has, it's got pros in the sense that they can convey what they want conveyed. Mm-hmm. But the con is that it takes away a lot of the imagination for the players. Mm -hmm. And he was referencing how, you know, I could see a scene in Final Fantasy VII, much as we, we do with our Origins videos. I can see a scene and you can see a scene. And we can get completely different interpretations of what's going on in that scene, how the characters feel, the tone of the voices of the characters, like all these different things that are going on, because it's not actually explicit. It's mm-hmm. all down to how you think things are going on. Like, what do you feel about these characters' backstories? How do you think that's influencing their decisions right now? Whereas he was saying in the in the Seven remake, they have access to all those things now. So the interpretation of what's going on is kind of taken away. And um, his main concern is that There's going to be a lot of people out there who have interpreted the story of Seven in a certain way, Mm. and it's not the way that was intended by Mm. the creators, but that's okay. They're, they're They're cool with that. But now they're going to be writing the Seven remake in the way that they wanted it to be told. Yeah. And he's really concerned that a lot of people are going to play the game and just think, wait, that's not, I don't remember them behaving that way, or like, I didn't feel that scene worked that way Mm -hmm. and um yeah it's like he's he said it's his biggest fear with the project essentially that people are going to look at the remake the fans of the original are going to look at the remake and go this isn't the game i remember
1: yeah yeah and that's the thing and like one of the bigger topics uh for discussion will definitely be the tifa clouds uh relationship because there's so many people who like i was freaking attacked by people on Twitter with regards to Tifa and Cloud's relationship cuz there's so many people who are like Cloud Aerith and it's like it's fair enough like yeah there is a connection there and you know I I'm not I'm not going to ignore that but there is also a very strong connection with Tifa and like these people were just really really not listening whatsoever
0: and they made it ambiguous on purpose and it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how they keep that level of ambiguity in mm. the remake as well.
1: I don't know if they're going to be able to because Tifa's going to have to react to things and you're going to be able to see her reaction. I mean, like that was the thing as well. And what I wonder is go- if that's going to change much in the remake is there are so many scenes that were different depending on which character was there. Like, so how are they gonna rearrange that? Cause that was a bit more easier to do with the original. Like, there's this whole scene that you and I had never seen where it was uh Kate Sith just before he um sacrifices himself, basically asks Aerith um if he can read her fort or Aerith asks him if he could read her fortune or something, and he says about how him and uh how Aerith and Cloud are like a perfect match. But he specifically says to Tifa, like, you know, I'm really sorry beforehand, hinting that Tifa was going to be upset with the result because she loves yeah, Cloud.
0: Like everyone knows that Tifa has a thing. But it's like if you Cloud. didn't
1: have, if you didn't have Tifa in your party, you wouldn't get that.
0: Yeah, you. You had to have. Was it? You had to have Aerith, Cloud, and Tifa. Yeah, in the setup.
1: Yeah. So how are they going to handle that? Are they going to recreate completely different scenes? Well, there's also. On the
0: when Aerith dies, as well, depending on who you have in your party, there's completely different reactions. Yeah, um, I just
1: don't know if they'll be able to do that again. I feel like they're going to have to have everybody there.
0: Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to have to. Yeah, it's going to be much more uh, inclusive. Mm. Let's say, yeah, because that. I mean, they'll have to for just cutting down on processing.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Very um, interesting. But yeah. Yeah, I, and, um, I think it
0: just highlights a lot of the stuff that they've got to do with the remake, and how and how th- yeah things are going to change. Mm. We're going to see much different relationships. We're going to see a very different game, um, and it's gonna it's gonna upset some people because it's yeah. it's gonna be very different from their childhood. But as Nomura always said. If you want to play the original game, it's still available on yeah. every single damn platform in the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, there's no reason really.
0: There were plenty of other interviews as well. Uh so there was like the character modeling director, the the, the lighting director, the environment director, we got some stuff from the battle director, the effects director, etc., etc., etc. And like the stuff they say is interesting uh it, but more in relation to kind of their experiences and stuff there wasn't i, I didn't feel as though what they had said was was quite as cutting mm. uh, or or there's i don't know it's i mean cutting is the wrong word but i feel like the what the other guys were saying was more personal to to my to how i may feel about the game mm-hmm. um whereas you know um for example shintaro takai who was in charge of uh like visual effects on the original game he's just talking about how visual effects has changed a lot mm-hmm. in 22 years yeah uh which is understandable and um so yeah like, it, it, they were they were nice interviews in the sense that you got to understand more about these people a lot of them were saying that especially like hamaguchi that he was a fan of the game when it first yeah. came out and he played final fantasy 7 and it was one of the games that made him think oh, i really want to make gaming i really want to make video games and then obviously now he's sitting here as the co-director of the 7 remake which obviously is is huge for him it's like someone like him a lot of them were a lot of the new creators were were fans of the original game and now they get to work on it which is which is fantastic for them in their careers but I think it's, yeah, the older creators, they have, there's more interesting things in their stories because they've, they worked on the original game. Yeah. And they're now talking about the original game in relation to the remake. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that summarizes things pretty nicely.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's really a fascinating read, especially because so many of the people were fans of the game beforehand. Like, um, yeah, I definitely recommend it if you guys haven't read it yet.
0: Definitely do that. Yeah, you can get it on the Square Enix blog, but I think Gamatsu have got a huge recap of all the interviews plus a huge, huge recap of um, all of the different announcements they made yeah. regarding everything else.
1: Can we just, like, talk real quick about the images, though, like the Tifa and the and the Barrett one, and say, like, why the hell... oh. Uh, Okay, I understand. I understand why they wouldn't have the airship in there. Why they wouldn't have the highway in there? Yeah, but like, because they probably haven't designed it yet. But why did they not think? You know what? We don't have a thing of the highway yet. We don't have a, a render of the highway yet. Maybe we should just not do the airs just yet. Maybe we should maybe. Oh yeah. We should have the well scene done. Yeah, that's right. We should have the well scene. We could do Tifa's promotional image. Yeah, that would be a really good idea. Why did they do the Aerith one? If they just, like, why?
0: It's just a hole.
1: Like, why? Like, how daft? Like, okay, you know, that's one of, like, the most, like, sort of iconic images, isn't it? Because of... Not only the fact that like it's Aerith and she's looking at the high wind, but then also what it represents because she always wanted to ride on an airship and she never got to because it's very unfortunate death. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like how did they how did they think that people were not going to be like, uh, guys, guys <laughs> where's the high wind?
0: Because it's not subtle either. No. It's just a massive hole.
1: She's looking up at the sky because oh look the clouds. But yeah, but the Barrett one is really cool. Is I really like cool, the yeah. Barrett one.
0: Although, why is he in the church?
1: He was in the church in the. I thing, know, but he?
0: I'm just I'm just saying in general, like why why was he in the church? He never went there in the game.
1: Maybe that's just where he longs to be. That that's actually the whole plot of the game. He just wants to be a cloud, and he wa- he wanted to fall in that church. Because
0: deep down, deep yeah. down,
1: we know that. I he mean, he may have
0: gone out. there before. It's not that far of a walk from where <laughs> he is. Probably
1: <laughs> strolled in one day.
0: But Sup? yeah, I just thought that was a bit weird that yeah. hit, that was his thing. Because the other ones made sense.
1: Mm. Except, well, kind of the Erith that had the, the Highwind one.
0: As you said, she always dreamt of going on an airship. Yeah. Tifa was at the well. Said Highwind was kind of sitting on the tiny Bronco. Mm. Like they all, they all kind of worked, um, mm-hmm. and then Aerith. Oh no, it's Aerith Barrett. Yeah.
1: yeah, and then just Barrett.
0: Just Barrett. Well, Cloud obviously was. They've they've been doing Clouds to Death.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm looking up at Shinra Tower, which is still pretty cool. But yeah.
0: So yeah, that's that. That kind of rounds out this episode. Um, we've got some really cool music this episode, actually, from Final Fantasy X, not the seven remake. it's an arrangement of someday the dream will end very epic choral arrangement by papos so hopefully you guys enjoy listening to that the next episode of final fantasy union is scheduled to come out on the 17th of december be sure to check out all the news coverage on finalfantasyunion.com Braden has done a lovely article talking about all these announcements specifically focusing on toriyama so if you're a toriyama fan you will love it uh, if you like what we do, then please support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FFKUnion. And I think with that, it's time for us to say goodbye.
1: Bye, everyone.
0: This is Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a Final Fantasy Union.com production.